Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Partially Examined Life Philosophy Podcast Part 1 episodes are designed to be self-contained, fully satisfying experiences in themselves. But for hardcore philosophy fans, we record for another hour or so to release behind our various paywalls to folks that pitch in to help us make this show. What you're about to hear is a preview of one of these Part 2 episodes. We hope you enjoy it. This is the Partially Examined Life, Episode 279, Part 2. We've been discussing Aristotle's categories, and we're right in the middle of substance. We ended last time talking about individual particular things that belong to natural kinds, so biological entities being paradigmatic substances, and then right secondary substances, the species or the genera, are you know also candidates in a way for substance, and we explained that. But maybe it's worth just pausing to say, what about other non-biological entities in our world, right? So we I mentioned Kripke. For us, something like gold or water would count as a natural kind as well. But what about just a rock? How does Aristotle's ontology handle that? I, I simply don't know. I did read that he doesn't like, like made-up entities like Socrates standing. Like, that's not an entity. That's an accidental composite. So the point of that is that, you know, if something is to be genuinely an individual particular, it must be a genuine unity, a genuine whole. Socrates is a genuine whole as a human being, but the sitting is just something accidental piled on. It's like a heap, right? Of two different unrelated, essentially related things. So what do we do with a rock, though? I really like that about Socrates, that he's such a genuine whole... Well, I think that distinction you just made, Wes, of the case of Socrates standing is a kind of heap. I don't see where we get a lot of clarity about non-biological potential entities, like where you would draw the line. But maybe it comes in that distinction between what would not effectively be a heap in the natural world. I mean, every artifact is going to be a heap of some sort. But you said you gave a rock or a river, an ocean, a mountain. I mean, all kinds of other things that we would point at and speak of as a thing. Yeah, well, and I can predicate properties of rocks, for instance, like yellow, for instance. The key, right? He says that all other predicates are predicates either of the natural kind, the species terms, or or of the individual things themselves. In the case of rock, you'd very quickly get into kind of a Democritus-type mode, right? You just, it's like going to the Smithsonian and you go into the geological section, and all of a sudden, all the rocks in the world are now particular minerals, which end up being particular combinations of elements. I think if we extend the notion of natural kind, yeah, we can handle it, right, with modern science. Like gold is a natural kind, just like dog is, and so we can rigidly designate those things, and so on and so forth. But ultimately, we talk about elements, And why not be pre-Socratics about this? Why not say that there are these fundamental natural kinds and just even call them atoms? Well, I think it's because living things are a fundamental natural kind. And if it's living, there's something different about it. 
than non-material substances. I feel like we would just have to know a lot more about his way of defining different things in the natural world and whether there is any room for defining them based on their usefulness to us or something like that you could have two different kinds of chicken and there's the edible chicken and the not edible chicken. And those are, you know, there is some biological basis, but the reason that we're identifying one is this rather than the other is because it's edible. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. (laughs) I'm not following exactly why you're going in that direction, Mark. Can you say more? Like the Socrates sitting example, it sounds like you're doing a variation on that. If he wants us to say that the categories reflect common sense, then you should be able to just talk about the objects around you. And you might think that should include artifacts as well. But then I want to propose these things that are sort of intermediate between artifacts and natural kinds to say, so like there are some rocks that are really good for skipping. So maybe I call those I'm looking around the beach. I'm looking for sweeties. I'm looking for, I'll call sweeties all the really good skipping rocks. But there are going to be lots of different kinds of rocks in terms of their mineral makeup that would have the requisite shape. It is not a natural kind. It's not an artifact. I'm not making these rocks, but I'm choosing among the natural things, the ones that would serve that purpose. If you think about an artifact, any sort of multi-layered artifact would be like composed of Things like your sweeties, something that exists in the natural world that became useful that we employ in some way. And so you build a chair out of some wood that was a tree. So you get down to natural entities. Maybe the first moment they become artifacts is when they become useful in some way. So that sweetie is now an artifact. Yeah, I think it counts as an artifact. And, you know, I did read that he tries to explain artifacts in terms of the properties of the living things that compose them. I think what we can say here is that when we talk about biological entities and what they are, ultimately we do have to talk about function and process and structure. I don't think we can get away from the concept of function if we want to say what they are. So there are some important commonalities with artifacts. We also we can talk about an artifact and as a system with certain with a certain teleology with certain functions built in like a boat right maybe since something that's even unmoored from human purposes even if it started that way right a boat just is good for doing what it does that kind of joins up with i just want to point again to aristotle's later version of substance in the metaphysics which will turn out to be form right or he's thinking about matter and form and the formal stuff you can think of that in terms of functional structure within an object. I think that's that's a way of thinking about it. I can just hear people with this whole discussion like, what is the practical upshot of any of this? Well so you're listening to the wrong podcast. So a practical upshot. Yes. It's just after twelve they suddenly asked that after twelve years they asked that. <laughs> I mean what the hell? Okay. I've been I've listening been, to I've, you guys for twelve you years. You bust that out now? What's the practical <laughs> This is from doing philosophy versus improv and getting this question and trying to being reintroduced to a naive who is not accepting this shit without questioning it. So in terms of the categorization scheme, I would think then that even though it sounds like genres, genres, not genres, 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 genera and species should be adjectives. (laughs) No, they're actually secondary substances. But it seems like then the genus cup should break down into some sort of qualitative description. 
that cup is more like white in that it is, there is a property that makes whatever this thing is suitable for use as a cup. And any number of things could have that. It could be a stone cup. It could be a naturally occurring cup. So a functional thing, I think, would have to be in the property rather than the secondary substance. It's not simply a property because it. I think we think of properties as just sort of, you know, like a property like yellow as something simple. And when we talk about a cup or a boat, you know, let's talk about a boat. It's not like you just say, hey, boatness is a property. And I, this thing has the property of being a boat. What we say is that there are many, many properties. And many of them are relational, functional, structural, and they suffuse the thing and make it what it is. What you mean by a boat entails, and I think the function piece, as you pointed out, is a big deal there, right? I didn't see anything in the property section. Obviously, we'll get to that soon. That would rule out really complicated properties because like things like justice are going to end up being not a weird abstract entity, you know, that's a noun. It ends up being a property of individuals, probably of the soul. Do you have a just soul or not? And then maybe, you know, derivatively, we can talk about having a just society, just like in the Republic. That's really complicated. It's not one just like being well, shiny. We can use the, the Aristotelian test in each case, right? Can the definition be predicated? Yellow, when I say something is yellow, I can't predicate the definition of the thing. When I say something is a cup, I can predicate the definition of the, of the thing. So a cup is for drinking water or something like that. So this is a cup. This is a thing for drinking water. It works. Okay, and justice it would not work for. Just because you are just, that doesn't mean you are the state of... <laughs> or you are what it is to be just. Yeah. Yes. If that sounds like the kind of thing that you want to hear more about, then please go to partiallyexaminelife.com slash support. Thanks for listening.